Hello and welcome to Media MD, your weekly dose of media that you have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And what are we doing this week, Elliot? We're, we're discussing Hunt for the Wilder People. Hmm. Uh, I brought it to you two weeks ago. Yeah. So. Uh, what do you think? Um. Yeah. I. I don't know. I. Yeah. I don't know. This movie. This movie has me sort of. I don't know. <laughs> mm, interesting. Um. <laughs> Care to elaborate? Okay. Well, let me start with with a plot summary, as is tradition. Sure. Basically, as you sort of said in in the prescription, this is you know about a about a kid um, who's sort of been going through the, the foster system and is, is put with this couple who lives out, like, right out in the New Zealand bush. And he's sort of like a city kid who is into, like, gangster culture and all that, so it's not really his scene. <laughs> um, mm. And anyway, he, he actually starts to sort of find a home there, and he's connecting almost entirely with the uh, the sort of mum. It's it's pretty clear that the father wasn't really super keen on this whole idea. But anyway, she she dies, and then things sort of really escalate. And the <laughs> two the the father and him end up sort of stuck out in the bush when child services comes to take the the boy back because they're taking him back now because the mum died, which I wasn't super clear on why that was completely necessary. But Mm. anyway, so then there's this sort of misconception um, because they were missing that that the father's kidnapped him and and is probably like some sort of like pedophile. And then the two of them end up being on the run for a couple of months and, and that's where the majority of the movie takes place is sort of following the two of them being on the run and, and sort of growing and, and bonding and all that um, before the climactic ending where they, you know, get captured and then things resolve pretty cl- like pretty nicely in the in the epilogue. Yeah. They have a bit of a Fury Road showdown and then... Yeah. Yeah, yeah New Zealand Fury <laughs> Road as opposed to yeah. Australian Fury Road. As, as opposed to how we do it in the big leagues <laughs> over in Australia. <laughs> I actually, I actually saw as I was as I was reading about the movie after I finished it. Um, originally there was a joke, uh, so you know how sort of right at the end they they get cornered because there's like four or five uh, military tanks in front of them. Um, yeah. Originally that was a joke where um, the the kid sort of goes, "Oh no, the whole New Zealand army's shown up." <laughs> and Why'd they cut it out? Uh, because the the army had actually helped them with the filming of that whole thing, oh. and, and Taika thought it was too mean. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah. Um, anyway, so that's basically the plot. It's 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 mostly the story of you know this sort of troublemaker kid um, learning to mm. grow up, and then also this old recluse man learning to open his heart. Um, yep. How heartwarming! Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously that those aren't super original ideas or, or anything, but it's done it's done pretty well. So you know, it's mm. it's a cliche for a reason, is sort of what I'd say here. Like it's one of those situations. Yeah, sure. So, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I did I did really like it. Um, I mean, I guess I'll start with an issue just because the the issue sort of came up right at the start of the movie, and and that was um. I felt like the there were sort of weird weird time jumps, or it took me a while to get a sense of how long the first mm. twenty to twenty five minutes of the movie sort of went because it went from him like 
he was out with the mum on what I think was still the first day of him living with them, or maybe like the second day. And then it sort of cuts to being his birthday, and I felt like it was kind of implied that there'd been a lot of time passing because of his relationship mm. with the mum seemed a lot closer, but it it just sort of wasn't made clear. And I don't know, maybe I'm an idiot, but you know, you got you got to <laughs> cater to the lowest common denominator in these situations. And yeah, apparently and I- that's me. <laughs> you've come to a realization about yourself earlier. <laughs> um, no, I, I do think that that kind of, it, it kind of does make the start of the movie feel a bit rushed. I, I think they're trying to get to the story of him and, and the, and Sam Neill's character, the old man kind of yeah bonding and, and, and getting to know each other better. I, I felt like that maybe... can't happen until, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like maybe the, the like they sort of, you know, put together the original cut and it was, you know, a hundred minutes instead of ninety, and they really had to get it down to that ninety-minute mark, and so they cut some stuff from from the start. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of almost what it feels like because it just it jumps around a bit at the start, and but then the sense of the sense of the time progression is so smooth um, after that sort of flipping point where they're out in the bush that 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 made it stand out even more that I was so confused at the start. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I mean that's that's sort of a fairly minor complaint. It just it made it made it hard for me to sort of understand exactly how well everyone was getting along um, early on. Mm. And then of course Taika Waititi actually shows up for a bit, which I think is like <laughs> he just he has to. It's in, it's in his his book, I think, in his writer. He has to appear at some point. Yeah, he he seems to force himself to take on some lines in in every film that I've seen him in. Oh, was he in Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok? Yeah, he played that rock guy. The the guy. Oh, that's right. He played fucking Korg, everyone's favorite character. Yeah. Man, yeah, and he's one of the main characters in in what we do in the shadows as well. Yeah. I feel like that's becoming more common where directors like want to put themselves as cameo roles in their movies. Like fucking M Night Shyamalan has done it. Yeah. Forever. But Quentin but, Tarantino does it. But it, like most of them like it's always it's just like them getting on a bus or something. Like Taika actually yeah. Taika actually gives himself speaking roles and steals a couple of scenes. So like, you know, he he's got a- acting chops as well. Well, yeah, that's right. He is an actor. So he was in a uh, Green Lantern, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure uh, that's top of his resume. Yeah. <laughs> as <laughs> I mean, I can kind of see him putting that on, introducing himself as Taika Waititi from Greenland. And it's the kind of thing I think <laughs> yeah. he would do. Um, yeah, you're right. He he, he totally would that because I, I mean that's very much his sense of humor, and mm. that that's a nice segue into the sense of humor in this film, which is very, it's very Kiwi. Um, that sort of dry uh, wit, which you know he does he does in all of his films, and mm. it works pretty well in this. It's definitely, it's sort of like you said, this is sort of tonally quite a, quite a different movie from his other two. Mm. Um, although those two are also quite tonally different from each other as well. I don't think I've seen two Taika Waititi films that are very similar. Um, <laughs> I, I ex- fully expect like, him to do like a fucking horror movie or something next, just because why the fuck not? Yeah. <laughs> it seems, I've seen three of his movies and they've all been totally different. So mm. it, he seems to like to keep on doing new stuff, which is pretty cool because... I mean, so far he's three for three from what I've seen. Mm. Um, yeah, and I mean, uh, there was a great shot in in this one. Um, there's one bit. I, I they, they do it a couple times. There's a great bit where to to show the passage of time in the bush, 
the camera will just sort of like pan mm. and and it you know sort of be like like Ricky the the kid doing doing one thing and then the camera will pan and just as he's going out of view it it he comes into the view from the other side and he's doing something else and it's yeah. it just gives you that impression that you know this is later on and particularly it works really well when he's just sort of lost because it just sort of shows him retreading his own footsteps but mm. It's done really well. Um, yeah, they, it's, hard, it's hard to explain because you need it, to it, see it. The camera kind of pans around in a circle. Um, gives like this circle. Well, that, of that's the really cool one. the The one that takes place during the winter when they've got the fire, mm. and it, it the camera does two spin. Well, it does it does two revolutions sort of on the spot, and manages to fit like six or seven different, like I guess scenes. Um, mm in that rotation and that just lets it get a lot done. And that was just really cool. Just sort of watching the camera spin on the spot and seeing so much happen. Um, mm. I thought that was, I thought that was a really, really neat idea. I, I don't know if I've seen it done anywhere else. Yeah. Well, let's, let's use that as a segue to talking to the, the kind of cinematography of this movie, which I think is one of its, mm. one of its strengths is how it, how nicely it portrays this kind of beautiful landscape of the New Zealand bush. Yeah, and especially because it it really gave me a sense of um, like like when you watch something like Lord of the Rings, I didn't think of it as bush. I think of that as like forest, like right. in fantasy yeah. things. It's it's a forest. Whereas this, um, gave me much more of an impression that the New Zealand bush is much more like Australian bushland, but mm. but even sort of richer and greener. Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely it, doesn't it, seem as dry. No, no, <laughs> but it it. it like at first, because uh, the movie does a lot of those sort of obligatory uh, films from a helicopter shots of like mountains and, and mm. valleys and lakes and stuff, and they're all they're all really beautiful. But like those could have been taken straight out of of a Lord of the Rings um, sort of shot, and you you wouldn't blink twice. Mm. But then when you get to the actual ones that are closer to the ground, you really see that this isn't just like a a forest in the northern hemisphere fantasy type sense. It's bushland, and that's really cool. Yeah, uh, helps it feel much more, much more distinct and and native. Yeah, I think it it also helps play into this. I mean, the the story is about for part of it that these two folks getting stranded in the bush and then having to kind of go bush and survive without <laughs> civilization. And I think that the way that they portray this kind of endless expanse of nature really helps to um, to bring home the difficulty and and the kind of struggle of of the survivalist aspects to this movie. Yeah, definitely. It made me want to go on a trip to New Zealand and, and go bushwalking or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fuck. So beautiful. Um, what do you think of the characters? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really liked them. I mean, obviously, at their at their core, they were based on pretty pretty simple, like, common concepts. Mm. Like, you know, the, the bratty city kid and, and the old, like, bush ranger type character. Um, yeah. but they're, the they're, closed off bush really ranger well. who has to learn to open his heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, but they're, like, they're done pretty well and, um, you know, it's written well, like, so, so many of their lines are really good and that helps you actually believe that this is, um, like happening, like, as opposed mm. to some of these stories where it can sometimes feel forced, like, um, these two, especially cause I, a big part of it for me was that the easy thing to do in that sort of situation is they both loved um i think her name was was beth or, or bell or something mm. uh the, the mother who dies bella that's it who dies right at the start 
they don't necessarily bond over her because that mm. sort of would have been the obvious thing to happen is is you know they both sort of cared for her and they they only really stuck around for her or, or kept to each other to keep her happy or for her dying wishes but that doesn't ever actually come into it it's more just circumstance and their own personalities that force them to sort of have to stay together and and actually yeah. you know, become friends uh, they they kind of start to develop a mutual respect for each other where they didn't have any respect for each other before <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um yeah so what do you think <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so it was really good um i mean yeah so sort of like, like i've said i thought the characters were good but um like they weren't i don't, I don't know super fantastic that's mm. it's not really a criticism but like they didn't stand out to me too much so like i i thought this was like a, a really good movie and i think this is the this is exactly the sort of movie where if you have like a group of people over you could you pop and you're looking for something like kind of serious to watch this would be a good one because i don't think many people could watch this film and not enjoy it mm. um but this isn't i i didn't think that this was super fantastic like i'd find myself recommending what we do in the shadows or something above this one hmm if that sort of makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. So, remember, you do have to assign a number to it, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I think I'll give this one a, a 7 out of 10. Like, All right. uh, f- for me, that means like it, it was good and, and I enjoyed it, but it, it didn't blow me away or anything, I guess. All right, 7 out of 10. That's pretty good. And a New Zealand 7 out of 10 is like a Australian 8.5, so... <laughs> yeah that's that's how that currency conversion <laughs> that's the exchange rate um cool well if you the listener you want to check out what we do up uh, fuck not what we do in the shadows <laughs> oh, uh hunt for the world of people and leave us your thoughts on it you can do that uh using the contact information that you can find on our website which is mediamdpodcast.com you can follow us on twitter and facebook and send us messages through those um, you could also, if you want to, if you really want to let us know your thoughts on the show, write us a review on iTunes and leave it in there. Um, and that's the best way for us to hear it. And also it'll help us out if you give us a good review. If you give us a bad review, maybe tweet us. That's fine too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> links to all those things that I mentioned are on our website, mediamtpodcast.com, as well as links to our past discussion threads and episodes, the ways to contact us, and all of our previous clues for the Media MD ARG. You can help us figure out just who is Dr. MD and why is his bear so scucks. Elliot, what's this week's clue? Uh, power. Howler. Is that what you said? Howler? No, pa- power. Oh, power. Sorry. Power. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>